0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Let's Detox. Today we have our first ever athlete on our podcast series. His name is Kinshiro, and well, we'll let him do the rest of the introduction, so go ahead.
1: Hello. Hi guys. (laughs) Uh, My name, as Irina said, yeah, I am Kinshiro, and I am a professional football player, or soccer, if you're listening in the States. And yeah, that's about it.
0: (laughs) Nice. What a beautiful introduction.
1: <laughs> you know.
0: And where are you now?
1: I am back home in California. Nice. It's off season for me. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I went home for vacation and uh, just chilling with my parents and my friends, really.
0: And <laughs> so wholesome. We like a nice, wholesome situation. But, um, how has. <laughs> so. How has corona been for you in the Philippines? No, wait. In California.
1: We're in the Philippines.
0: Okay, wait, wait. Rewind. I I can explain both. We're in the Philippines.
1: (laughs) For the listeners, I play professionally in the Philippines, so most of the year I live in the Philippines. I am back home in California right now. In Manila, the COVID situation, Manila was pretty strict, as in, when we went to lockdown in March, it was basically a... Full lockdown. There were no restaurants open. It was were just grocery stores. And I basically spent two, two and a half months, whatever it was, just in my apartment. The only time I would leave was to go grocery shopping. Throughout the lockdown, they kind of opened more restaurants for delivery. So that became better. I didn't have to cook every meal because I'm lazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it slowly opened up and restaurants opened up where you could start doing takeout and then... It progressed even more, things opened up even more with, you could eat at restaurants. You just basically had to fill out a health declaration everywhere you went. <laughs> oh. every, every restaurant, every store. So yeah, they do that everywhere you go. Um, Manila, I think to this day, it's not just a face mask that is required. You have to wear a face shield. I hate them.
2: God, that's <laughs> uh, annoying.
1: Yeah, if you want to go into any mall or any shop, you have to be wearing a face shield as well.
2: That's what Sophia said too, right? Arena? Uh, yeah. Still? Like even since like last year. <gasps> it's crazy.
1: Yeah, it's not fun. That's crazy. We uh we had our season in a, like a bubble, right? So we stayed in a hotel. Um it was just the teams and the staff that were playing. We took I don't know, five or six COVID tests in two weeks. We took like PCRs, we took antigens, we were taking all these things. And yet, just to sit in our team our team buses, literally just with our teams, nobody mm-hmm. else, or even walking around just our hall, we were at our own hall, like in the hotel, we had to wear our like face shields and stuff and everything the whole that. time. It's like... We were just tested. We all got a negative result about 20 minutes ago, yet we still all have to wear our face masks and face shields at all times. It's like, wow. I mean, we need a little break, right?
2: That's crazy. <laughs> it must be like 100% like a switch around in California, because like, you just have a mask there, right?
1: So, uh, yeah, we'll get to that. So,
2: <laughs>
1: I'll have a little step before that, just to reiterate what you just said. I went to Barakai. In the right. Philippines, like right before coming back to California. And just to go to Boracay, I had to get a negative PCR test. I think it was like within 48 hours or 72 hours of our flight. So we had mm. to be negative. Um, we had to fill out a health declaration form on the like Boracay tourist email, um, website, the tourism website. Mm. So we had to fill out like these forms, we had to get a negative test. We had to already have a flight and hotel booked, and then we had to send it into the Barakai Tourism Board to be approved, with all those documents. And we had yeah, we had to go through that whole process just to get on a plane to go to Barakai. And I went with two of my teammates mm-hmm. who are from Japan, and they don't speak the best English. Well, one of them was, he's fine. So they made me fill out all of their documents. So I had to do the process three times for three of us
2: that's crazy it was not fun
1: it it was it was stressful because we didn't know if we were going to get our pcr results in time and then we did get them and then we didn't know if we would get our like approval on time from the tourism board because like that day was a holiday so we didn't know if they'd be working it was just a mess but we got there and the process was worth it brock it was fun um but it was a process so a few weeks later i booked my flight to california and I was like, okay, um, I'm going to go online. I'm going to look, look up what I have to do to fly home. Do I need to get a test? Like, wh- Not even do I need to cast test. I was like, right. when do I need to get my test before the flight? Do I need to do any of these things? And I look online. They're like, I'll just hop on the plane. You're good. <laughs> I was like, oh, ah, America. No, no no, tests. No anything. I'm just like, Um I felt awkward and guilty getting on that plane without a test. It just felt weird to me, because it's also I didn't get tested. I mean, I didn't have mm-hmm. it. I'm, I haven't right. had it yet, luckily. You know, touch wood. But I have. I've had enough tests. But the thing is, I got on the plane, and that means everyone else on that plane didn't have to get tested. So, um, uh, who knows? What if somebody? had Wait, it on the that's plane? You, kind you never of insane.
2: Know. Oh my god, I would be like low key scared, like yeah. For real.
1: So, on the Philippine Airlines flight, it is required to wear, I mean, obviously your face mask, but you also have to wear mm. a face shield the whole flight, and it was a 12 hour
0: flight. <laughs> oh my god.
1: <laughs> I won't lie, I Wait. probably had it on like 30 minutes. I ate the first meal and I had a whole row to myself, so I just oh, laid down lucky. and slept for about 10 hours of the flight. So technically, I didn't really wear mine. I was just asleep. Those are the best kind of flights, down.
2: though. Oh, my oh God. I'm so good at
1: sleeping on planes. It was great. Oh, my
2: God. But yeah, so
1: that's the California COVID experience already started off with, I'm on a plane with a bunch of people I don't know that um, didn't have to get tested to fly here. And then I expected there to be a process in LAX. I, I, I don't know, some type of process. I don't know right. exactly mm-hmm. what I was expecting. By the time I got off the plane, I was in my parents' car in like 30 minutes.
2: No way. In LAX.
1: In LAX. I literally went through immigration. Oh my
2: god. That's okay, LAX has a worst. Like they're so slow.
1: Yeah. No, it wasn't at all. There was the uh, immigration was fast. I'm lucky, I got to the carousel. My two suitcases were literally like the first two out.
2: (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Wow. That's insane. And then they
1: just they just let us out. Like no temperatures, nothing, just nothing COVID related. I was like,
2: what? "Wait, that's crazy!" I'm actually like freaking out.
1: Oh, I, I, I was shocked. My parents gave me more protocols when <laughs> I saw. it. So they, they picked me up from the airport. The first thing my mom does was give Spray me,
2: you? <laughs> no,
1: give me, give me plastic gloves. <laughs> to, oh, <for> sanitizer, <laughs> which I sanitize my hands in LAX at like four times at least right. before seeing my parents but then she gave me sanitizer yeah. then she made me wear gloves they took my suitcases whatever and they're like okay the whole, whole car ride home don't take off your uh face mask and then when we get home my dad's like i'll take your luggage upstairs just go my parents are like go get in a hot shower straight away <laughs> <laughs> no no hugs no hellos or anything all of that they had more protocols before i could even talk yeah. to them then all the out. all the flying back did it was funny. And that was just a little taste of what was to come in California, because I went to uh, Venice Beach with my friends. Yeah, we went a few days after I arrived, and we weren't going to go hang around or anything. We, we just wanted to ride our, like, penny boards around the boardwalk, so we wouldn't, like, be with people or whatever. We were just going to ride around with our masks on. And in Manila, 99.8 people you see have a mask on.
2: Right.
1: 97% mm-hmm. of them are wearing face shields. Like, that's a, that's mm-hmm. just normal to me. Right. When we get to Venice Beach, I swear it was maybe, maybe 50-50 with masks. I was just like, I felt so uncomfortable. I was like, why? Like, what? how are you not wearing masks nine months into this pandemic? I'm like, it, it, was, it was shocking to me because yeah. I always tell people this. In Manila, if you're not wearing a mask, people don't look at you like you have the virus. They kind of look at you like you are the virus. <laughs> like, it's, it's literally, they stare at you like... You're the plague. It's crazy, like the eyes you get if you're not wearing a mask. Right. And here, here, like half the people aren't wearing masks, and they're at Venice Beach chilling and around other people and talking with everyone. I'm just like, what is going on? <laughs> I think LAX and and like airlines. Now that um, like Biden is president, I think they've already implemented stricter rules.
2: Mm, that's good. I think
1: I think they've already because my mom has a friend who works at the airports and. They I think they're required the employees to wear like face shields now and then I think there are more quarantine rules when you arrive. Yeah, that was the thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to quarantine when I got here, it's not mandatory. It's just like so many different things. Wait, or maybe what? but yeah, it's just it's it's crazy.
2: Oh my god. This is like racking my head, guys. I have but head now out.
1: I think they've changed a lot of the rules. So I don't know, we'll see. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh my I'm god. Oh. Well, hopefully things get better.
1: <laughs> oh, I hope so.
0: So putting Corona on the side, um, let's talk more about your professional soccer career, professional football career. Um, So what or who inspired you to become a soccer player?
1: Uh, My dad's from England and football or soccer is Mm -hmm. like just everything to them. It's, It's the lifestyle, it's the culture, everything. So as soon as I was born, my dad played football his whole life um, uh, he, he watches every Premier League game possible that he can and everything. So I was basically born into it. I was born into the football culture and he would play, I'd go to his games. And then growing up, I just picked it up mm-hmm. at a really young age and it, I knew it was what I wanted, what I like, what I liked doing and what I wanted to do. And I think, uh, he told me, he's like, yeah, you've been kicking a ball basically since the day you learned how to walk. Aww, so
0: that's
2: cute. it was
1: kind of, the, kind of just my thing growing up and yeah as a kid i loved it and i think you know uh when you're in like kindergarten you always fill out a paper that your teachers ask you what do you want to be when you grow up and i wrote mm-hmm. on the paper i want to be a professional soccer player <gasps> oh! so i i've probably spelled professional wrong but uh... <laughs> oh my god but That's cute. yeah i've kind of known my whole life it's what i wanted to do and mm. i'm lucky enough to be able to do it now congratulations
2: <laughs> Aww. Thank you. Wait, so what position do you play?
1: Uh, this question. <laughs> no, that that's a an inside thing. Uh, I like <laughs> I'm 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 a forward. I'm a forward. I like. I mean, I don't know if you guys know exact positions or whatever, but I like playing as like right behind the striker in the number ten position. Mm-hmm. So you have the striker, and then I like being underneath him to support him, but also oh. I score goals or I like playing uh, left wing as a winger. Um so yeah, those are my two preferred positions. It was just there there's a few years throughout my career where my coaches were just throwing me in all these different positions and I had to learn all like I learned basically every position on the field at one point. I think there was one season yes. where I played every position on the field at one point in the season other than goalkeeper, which yeah not a lot of people do that or have to do that. But mm-hmm. I became like the utility man for my team. For a season or two. Where like, if we needed somebody to fill in a position because we have an injury or a red card or whatever. They called on me and I went and did the job. (laughs) Yeah, nah. Nope, now I like playing as a number 10. And I hope I play there from now on
0: <laughs> so you mentioned that you play in the philippines um mm-hmm. but which team do you play for right now and which teams have you played for in the past
1: well my professional career which started as soon as i turned 18 um i've only played for one club and that's one club in manila called kaya fc mm-hmm. and yeah so i was at 18 i'm 26 now almost eight seasons in eight years
2: oh um, my god one team wait that's whoa
1: yeah i'm quite loyal
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh <my>
0: God.
1: <laughs> yeah i played with one team and one team only so far um but next season i don't know we'll see what happens right I'm currently out of contract and i have a new agent so we'll see i don't know i don't know where i'll be next year
2: mm. i know that so like one of my friends plays for soccer um professionally in the states i forgot what team it was but he was telling me like even though corona still going on like training wise it's still the same is that the same for you
1: Ooh, uh in manila it was not Mm. it was not at all um first of all our league got i think it was supposed to start in march that was when lockdown happened it got pushed all the way back to i think it was september when we played uh training was training was a mission uh first of all we started off because in manila all the fields are private, mm-hmm. so you can't just go to like a park and go train or anything, even for professional teams. Mm-hmm. So we had to we had to wait for government approval, which took forever, just to start practicing. And when we finally got permission to practice, well, I'll start even before that. So mm-hmm. we as a team kind of split ourselves into groups. And I live in uh, BGC in Manila, which is like a city, we would split ourselves into groups. So it was like we had an eight o'clock. 8 in the morning group, eight thirty, nine, 9. Like, we were split by 30 minutes. We had to meet up at the park there in our groups of 4 or 5. And then we would go on a 30-minute run around the city. So the first group, I don't know, let's say they started at 8. They would finish their run at 8.30. They would meet back at the park with our coach. And then there was a long uh, street. that was It's not a main street. Right. Not many cars on it at all, which is right next to the park. And he would... After the 30-minute run, he would have everyone do... He would do, like, different workouts. Some days it was just, like, agility stuff. Other days it was sprints on that road. So our whole, like, I don't know, first month of training, at least, or whatever, we were literally just doing city runs and, and sprints on the streets and stuff. Wow. Because we had no fields to play on, anything. So, yes, all just road work. Which, wow. I mean, at this point in our career, it's like, wow, are we really just doing road work? But, yeah, we did it. You know, we had to. We had to do yeah. what we had to do to get our fitness in. And then once we were finally allowed to get on the field, the government and the the football federations like rules were gay. Okay, I mean, your whole team can be there, but you had to split off the fields into different sections. And we could only be in groups of like five at a time.
2: Wow. And we
1: couldn't we couldn't mix. So it was basically we would just do like circuit training where we would split up the field into different sections. And then we do like 20 minutes in one section, 20 minutes in the next, and they were just different fitness drills. Mm-hmm. And then finally, they kind of upped it to seven, and they just kept upping the numbers like that we were allowed to have. But we weren't allowed to have any physical contact mm-hmm. until oh. I think it was maybe a week before our first game, which is unheard of, because we can't like play games against each other, which right. like gets us ready mm-hmm. to play games. Um, yeah, training... It was just it was it was so much different it was kind of it was just you had to adjust it was just so much different and then by the time our first game comes along we had only maybe like three training sessions where we actually had physical contact with each other and that takes a whole another type of fitness you need to get used to i don't know running into other people and having people tackle you and stuff and having to get Mm -hmm. up other than just like oh, everything's easy because no one's going to tackle you. And then you have to change your mindset really quick. Like, okay, now they're trying to kick me. Like, right, right. <laughs> Oh, my God. And do all that in like three days. It was, it was, it Difficult. was different. I'll say yeah. that. It was, it was different.
0: Do you have to wear like a mask and facial during the game? Oh, school?
1: yeah. Here, yeah, here's the thing. Um, so if you were on the, so when we would get to the field and if, before we started warming up, we had to wear our face masks the whole time and then they tried implementing as like after the first game or whatever so first of all if you were if we scored a goal or whatever they told us we weren't allowed to like celebrate together as Mm -hmm. a team we had to stay socially distant which makes no sense because we're in there tackling each other and all that anyway but if we score we can't come close to each other so i think like one of my goals Mm -hmm. You see, you see, my T8s come around with me, and we're kind of just like air high fiving each other. <laughs> but uh, so there's, there's, they had all those like rules in place, and then they tried after the first game. Um, so if we were playing, and, and then halftime comes along, they were trying to make us wear our face masks at halftime, which you just played for forty five minutes. You need to get your breath back. Like you have fifteen minutes at halftime to like recover and be ready for another forty five minutes and don't get me wrong I don't think masks in a normal setting I don't think they disrupt your breathing that much I think you're fine I think people that complain about that are making too much of a big deal but if you're playing a professional sport and you have 15 minutes to get the oxygen back in your body that you just use for 45 minutes playing as hard as you can a face mask really makes it hard to breathe mm-hmm. <laughs> and they were trying to make us wear a face mask during halftime and I know our physios, they like argued back and so they ended up saying, Okay, you don't have to wear a face mask, you just have to wear your face shield at halftime because mm. that doesn't that doesn't interrupt your breathing. But they're trying to make us wear face masks at halftime and I was just like, There's no way, right? <laughs> like, we're all we all tested negative six <laughs> times this week. Like, can I just breathe? <laughs> oh my God.
0: Yeah. I remember you'd have you'd always have spaghetti or some kind of carb the night before but um what is your ritual now before games
1: it's still the same, still the same? You, you know me so well <laughs> <laughs> i mean it started when i was a kid we would have games on the weekend
0: mm-hmm. i
1: would i was playing my dad was playing my younger brother was playing we we're all playing so friday nights or fridays my mom would just cook a bunch of pasta mm-hmm. every friday give us carbs for the weekend and I, you know, as you know, Arena, I've kept that to this day. So even when we were in the bubble, stuck in a hotel, the day before all of our games, I would order delivery from Italianis.
0: Of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> And I would get,
1: I would get my spaghetti in the night before every game. Oh which, and God. we played every three days, so I was eating spaghetti for dinner every two nights.
2: <laughs> so what kind of challenges have you come across as a soccer player and how have you overcome them?
1: Uh, I've been through a lot of challenges. Um, I think end of 2017, end of 2017, I got a, a knee surgery, a small knee surgery. Mm. Oh. Actually, it, I had the pain in my mm. knee, I would say even two years before that. Mm. And it was manageable, but I would play through pain in my knee all the time. And that started making me compensate on the other leg naturally like i i didn't even notice but naturally i would start compensating and it caused tendonitis in my other knee so i got to a point where both my knees like every day were just killing me Mm. and i still played it through it for like two years and then end of 2017 i said to my team i was like look i think i've had enough of the pain (laughs) um i want to get the surgery please (laughs) like Mm. So I, I definitely went through that where there's a few years I would take painkillers before most games to get through mm. them. Um, then I had the surgery and the the recovery time was only supposed to be like three months and it ended up almost being <laughs> six months before the first <gasps> time I played a game again. Okay. And that was, that was partially due to my own body and the way it heals. So there's yeah. a there's a there's a thing called being colloidal, which let's say you get a cut on your arm your body produces a little bit too much scar tissue so yeah, let's say yeah. you get a scar like i don't know on your arm instead of it like just healing and there being like a layer of skin there like there's it mm-hmm. becomes like a bump because there's like too much skin that is healed back and oh. too much scar tissue and you see that like i don't know people get scars on their knees and they don't they grow back in like smooth or whatever yeah, like yeah. they kind of look, look like a bump Um, apparently I'm colloidal and it really affected the recovery inside of my knee. So, I mean, in a way I was healing too much, (laughs) which was detrimental. Um, there was one of the rehab exercises I had to do was just straight leg raises where I was to like straighten my leg all the way and then just raise it up and down. Mm Mm-hmm. And I got to a point where I was, I straightened my leg as much as I could and I was raising it and my physio goes, uh, Kinshiro, you need to straighten your leg all the way. I was like, I physically cannot straighten it any more than I could, like, and then I can. And I was literally like crooked. <laughs> <laughs> and then we like found out like inside my knee, I mean, you could feel it. You could just massage my knee and you could feel it. There's a huge just mass in my knee where they, they like did the surgery and oh it was god. just a huge like ball of scar tissue and it was literally blocking my leg from straightening all the way Oh my god! Oh. so we had to stop um our normal rehab and i had to go it was like three times a week to our rehab facility and get um it's like this machine that shoots electric shocks mm-hmm. into like an area like it's like with a like a metal pen type thing it's not a pen mm-hmm. but something that looks like a pen yeah. and they just put it on the area and they're basically just shooting electric shocks straight onto that mass and we were just trying to break it up as much as we could so we were doing that three to four times a week people think oh. it hurts people think it hurts i think it felt really good
0: mm-hmm. Well, it's good
1: and then every single day during because i have, i would still have to show up to practice every single day mm-hmm. um our physios would like for like 15 20 minutes start massaging that area to trying to break down the scar tissue as much as we could and that pushed my recovery time back like, at least a month because I couldn't straighten my leg.
2: (laughs) Oh, my God.
1: I mean, it all turned out all right. A few months later, you know, I was back practicing and got to play. Other challenges, um, I'd say, like, that's the biggest one. But other challenges were, like, the year I did leave Kaya. I went on a few tryouts, like, uh, one in Spain, one in California. And, I don't know, just timing didn't work out. I got really sick during one of the tryouts it's just like uh, stuff like that I don't tryouts aren't I, I don't enjoy tryouts mm-hmm. <laughs> let's just say that but uh, challenges wise I'd say like those were the two biggest things just like first the injury and then afterwards I, w- I was looking for a different team and mm-hmm. I don't know things just weren't going my way but it happens as an athlete you know some coaches like yeah. you some coaches don't and you just have to keep pushing on really just keep going
2: oh my god ow are you okay
1: (laughs) oh i'm fine okay okay i can straighten my leg now
0: oh oh that's good good for you (laughs) yeah so it doesn't hurt anymore like you don't have pain whenever you
1: um there's still there is still some scar tissue in that spot Mm -hmm. It doesn't really hurt and there is one other spot on the same knee where there's I'm pretty sure I showed this to you once, Arena. like, if I every time I do straighten my leg all the way, there is, like, a crunching, but it doesn't hurt anymore like it used to, but it's still there and it just crunches, mm. and let's just say I have practice or a game, I just have to warm up my right knee an extra 10 to 15 minutes more mm. than everything else, just to get it everything loosened up and, and like, get the blood flow in there, because it does, it mm. just gets stiff, it gets stiffer than the rest of, like, my body, but it yeah. just takes a better warm-up and it's okay but it doesn't cause me like crazy pain anymore or anything like that.
0: Mm -hmm. That's good. Mm -hmm. Yay. Recovery. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) So moving on, Um, what has been your proudest moment on the field?
1: My proudest moment. Um, I think scoring for scoring my first and currently only goal for the Philippines national team it was definitely an awesome moment. Uh, it was in a game in Bangladesh against Bangladesh. And I think there was like 20,000 Bangladesh fans, twenty twenty-five thousand, 25,000, something like that. Uh, so let's just say 20,000 Bangladesh fans in the stadium. And when I scored, it just made the whole stadium go really quiet. <laughs> and it was, it was kind of like... I remember, like, when I scored, I kind of looked around. I was like, wait, like, did the goal count? Was I offside? Like, <laughs> and then and it joking. counted. Yeah. I was, like, looking around. I was like, oh, my gosh, you got so quiet in here. But, no, that that was definitely an awesome moment in my career, scoring that goal first time on the international level. Mm-hmm. Um, and we won 1-0, so. Wow. So that was cool. Um, another proud moment was, I think, I mean, I could say, hmm, I'm not sure. That was the main one. I was going to say, probably mm-hmm. my first appearance for the national team, too, was a cool moment. I was 19, and I had no thoughts of playing with the national team. didn't even cross mm-hmm. my mind growing up, and then I got called up. And then my first camp, I got brought on as a sub and to the first game in front of, like, 12,000 fans in Malaysia. And that was a really cool moment for me because oh I never really experienced anything like that. ever in my life I think the most people I ever had at one of my games was like I don't know 100 200 at a high school game if that (laughs) like I don't know so those are two really cool moments that always stick out in my head
0: oh my god so you travel quite a bit where has been like the I don't know like the best place you've traveled to so far
1: um okay I have a couple different different answers for this. My favorite place I've traveled to, just recreational-wise, Japan. No. Yeah, no. Japan. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> I loved it. I went there for like a four or five day vacation and it was just a huge food trip for me because I love Japanese food. And mm. I, yeah, I just loved I loved everything about Japan. Just everything yeah. about that whole trip. Uh, for football, I've been to the Maldives twice.
2: Oh, the so The first drunken, time we went...
1: Yeah, the first time we went was for a tournament, and we ended up being there for, like, three and a half weeks. And so we were just staying at, like, beach resorts that entire time.
2: I you know, I think so we should change nice. our career to, like, professional soccer players. Like, make yeah, our own yeah, team no and, yeah. and get our own sponsors <laughs> yeah. Go Maltese yeah. <laughs> for three weeks. Oh, so
1: no that, no that yeah, that trip was, that trip was cool because we were there for so long. But at the same time, we were in a tournament and we were doing really well. So it's like, you couldn't enjoy it too much. You could kind of enjoy it, but you couldn't enjoy it too Mm -hmm. much. Like we, it was a really big, important tournament and we had to focus on playing. So Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. My roommate and I, we didn't actually do too much on the beaches. Um, we just had to focus and we were two of the youngest players there too. So we can't be just goofing around.
0: Right.
1: I think, yeah, we were, we were 19 at the time, so we couldn't be doing crazy stuff. Um, but luckily i got to go back there for an away game with uh with my club team kaya and we were in the afc cup and we had already qualified for the next round and mm-hmm. we already knew we were going to be second in the group whether we won we drew or we lost the game literally like tournament wise meant nothing like mm-hmm. our places were already set and everything so uh our co- <laughs> our coaches and stuff yeah we went to practice but they're like we were at a super nice resort and they're like yeah like, go enjoy it go have fun and we just hung out on the beaches and swimming and jumping off the docks and stuff literally the whole two days before the game and that trip was super enjoyable because um. you, when you're with your club teammates like you're with your club teammates basically every day and they're you're really close friends with them and Mm-hmm. you have more bonds than like a national team trip where you only see them two weeks every two weeks every few months when you're mm-hmm. with your club teammates it's really fun and yeah that trip was that trip was fun just because we just got to enjoy the nice beach resorts in the maldives for two days yeah. and then play a game on top of that which is always fun yeah that one was like fun. a full
0: vacation
1: it was a full-on fully paid for vacation because when you go on trips like they pay for the hotel the trip uh you get mm-hmm. Free meals like breakfast, lunch, and dinner at the hotel. Yeah, that was a that was a great trip. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say the most interesting place I've ever been to, and not a lot of people can say this. Uh, we went to North Korea for a oh. game.
2: Wait, actually.
1: Yeah, I've been to North Korea.
0: How was that?
2: Yeah. How was
1: it? That was weird. Yeah. It's just a weird country to be in. So first of all we get in the plane uh, like so I find out we're going to North Korea. my dad's like, oh, what airline are you flying? because he always asks what airlines I fly. Mm-hmm. And so I gave him the name and he goes, oh nice, they're rated worst airline in the world five years in a row. I'm like, oh
2: wait, <laughs> cool. what airline is that? <laughs> uh,
1: I think it's like called like Air Choreo or something and they Not only Korea? fly from like Beijing to
2: North Korea. North
1: Korea. Ooh. And it was like the oldest plane I've ever been on. The air, con- There's like no air conditioning, it was just like hot and stuffy, and mm. it's just weird. And then we get to the, we get to Pyongyang, and the city is actually one of the cleanest cities I've ever been to. Like, there was no trash, no anything, but that it was really clean. That
2: sounds so, like, apocalyptical,
1: I don't know. Oh, uh, it was so <laughs> yeah. weird, I'm telling you, it was so weird. Have you ever seen the interview?
2: Yes. yes. <laughs>
1: Okay, so you know how, like, they make a big deal with, like, oh, those shops, they look so nice. And then they find out they're just for show. It's, like, cardboard. Like, it's literally just propaganda. Like, it's just there to look nice. I mean, I cannot confirm this 100%, but I definitely looked at some, like, shops that you can see, and we were always, Mm -hmm. like, there's no people in there. We were like, I swear, like, it's just there to look good. That's what it felt like. It felt like everything was for show. Oh. And then the thing that epitomized that was when we had our game uh, against North Korea so the cameras let's say the cameras are facing one way of the stadium right so the way the cameras are facing all of their fans one were there more than two hours before the game which we don't even get there two hours before they we get there like an hour 45 hour 30. so the stadium Mm -hmm. was already full which is just odd and then Mm -hmm. the the side where the cameras can see all of the fans were dressed up in their flag oh my god
2: i just got goosebumps
1: so yeah, it was like a whole section wearing blue shirts, red shirts, white shirts, and they were oh. did, they were organized into their flag in the stadium, into the oh, seats, wow. and then the other side where the cameras couldn't see, they were just in normal clothes.
2: <laughs> oh. yo, that's so. So sketch. it's all just like
1: image. It's all just yeah. images, and like for show, it was mm. such a weird country. And we had nothing to do, no internet, no anything. And my roommate and I were just like falling asleep at like eight p.m. Like we'd go to dinner and go back to our rooms. So-
2: interesting were you scared
1: i didn't bring my u.s passport i deleted all pictures of my passports and like driver's oh. license from america off smart. my phone that's before so we got smart there. Just, anything like american related i kind of just deleted or didn't bring right.
2: yeah you just use your filipino passport
1: yeah so that, that was it because we heard they might like check our laptops and and phones upon arrival what the fuck? Which they did. So I didn't bring my laptop, but they did. They did great. They did take our phones, but all they did was take down our serial numbers.
2: So, so scary. scary. It's just different. It's just yeah, so it's much different. Different. Yeah. Wow. Interesting.
1: But yeah, that you asked me like what cool countries or whatever. I don't even want to say if it was cool, but it was interesting. It was definitely yeah. interesting.
0: <laughs> wow. Well, that's a good um, experience
1: and i you know i'll keep that passport and i have my north korean visa not many people have that i'll That's keep the, that yeah, it's my own passport
2: exactly. oh my god mm. anyways from north korea <laughs> this is like such a happy question but um do you have a favorite um, professional soccer team besides
1: your own of course <laughs> manchester united ooh favorite player now or of all time
0: uh both
1: oh. <laughs> okay uh in the past I would have to say Paul Scholes, who played for Manchester United. Mm -hmm. And I was lucky enough, in an exhibition match in Manila, he was a part of it, and he was on my team.
0: Oh! It's
1: called the Clear Dream Match, and I got to play with him.
0: Oh my god. That's awesome.
1: Which was amazing. Uh, Now, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, my dad might disown me. (laughs) Because he plays for Manchester City. Uh, Manchester United's mm. rival team <laughs> mm. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it but uh, his name's Kevin De Bruyne he's German, uh, German sorry he's not German he's Belgian I don't know why mm. I said German he's Belgian and uh, I don't know I just think he's an amazing player and I, even though he plays for the other team I love mm. watching him and I love the way he plays and you can even see aspects of his game that are really similar to Paul Scholes in a way mm. so I, it, I like that type of player But uh, you can, like, mute that if you want so my dad can't hear it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Noted. (laughs) So other than partying, though, what do you do on your off time?
1: In Manila or here? (laughs) Both. (laughs) Manila?
2: Pre-COVID. Pre-COVID.
1: Pre-COVID. Yeah, pre-COVID. There we go. Okay, pre-COVID in my off time. (laughs) other than party no just kidding um
0: (laughs) i mean you could say partying
1: i mean but i'm not the biggest partier yeah i'll go out and stuff i'm not the biggest partier i I mostly just hang out with my friends like i don't Mm -hmm. know i'll just go to my friends houses because one of them lives in alabang and hang out with you (laughs) like uh yeah i would just hang out with friends and we had games like twice a week so we'd be practicing every day we'd have games pretty frequently so like it's not like i can go out all the time
0: mm-hmm.
1: um so if i'm not like hanging out with my friends i'm literally just either at practice or playing my xbox like i have nothing else to do really just oh i mean i, I go to the gym a lot when they're open that, that's what that's mm-hmm. the one thing I, I was doing a lot i was in the gym a lot the last few years so mm. that, that's a lot of what I did actually with my off time it was like two hours of practice and I'd spend another two hours in the gym and then I'd like eat like three times that day and then the day's over really. <laughs> You'd catch me at Italianis.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so moving more towards the future, what are your career goals in the next five years?
1: Um, so I just told you I signed with an agency. Right. They're actually based mm. in Thailand, and mm. they have, like, really strong connections in Thailand. Um, so for me personally, hopefully the goal just within this next season is I want to be playing in Thailand. Um, he also has ties in Australia and, and other countries around Southeast Asia as well. So if I ever got an offer in Australia, I'm in a heartbeat saying yes, yeah. <laughs> and I'll go play there.
2: Oh my gosh
1: but yeah like even just near term future like definitely playing in thailand and over the next Mm -hmm. five years i'd love to be playing at least in thailand or a country better than that really like in Mm -hmm. australia or uh japan would be amazing (laughs) Um, is it hard in japan so hard it's very hard to get into japan very very hard because japan has a very japan has a very good local just grassroots for like the japanese players are good so if you're gonna spend the money to get a player that's not from there to get a foreigner Mm. they they have to be like just absolute ballers they just have to be that's why you see like iniesta going to japan and david Villa and and fernando torres like all these players who have won world cups and stuff with spain like they go to japan and or like brazilian players Mm. like it's really Mm. hard to get in japan (laughs) you have to have some like pedigree and some resume yeah. to To get into Japan, oh, dang. or or Thailand, if you play well in Thailand, because there are Thai players that have gone to Japan. I'm hoping this next season. I'm hoping I get to Thailand in May or June of this year.
2: Ooh! If you do, I Arena, mean, we're going. Like, yeah, Thailand's so much fun. The food is amazing, and people there are oh, so nice. Oh, the, the food!
0: The so, so
2: Yes, massages. Oh my god, I'm so down. Yes shopping there is so much fun i'd actually never went out in thailand and i was like totally fine with it so if that says something
0: (laughs) (laughs) we'll be there (laughs) um well do you have any advice for aspiring art not artists athletes (laughs) aspiring athletes i'm sorry
1: um any advice honestly i mean just like train as much as you can and I wish I know as a kid I know I did a lot and my mom was literally telling me this like four hours ago she's like yeah after practice you were staying there for an extra 30-40 minutes just like working on like free kicks and doing your own things but I wish like I had the mindset I did growing up like train every day work on what you're not good at and just try to enjoy it always Mm -hmm. enjoy it because I think the hardest time in football for me was when I kind of stopped enjoying it for like a year a year year and a half because one the 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 pain in my knees and then two I was just like unhappy living in Manila for a while like truly like enjoying playing is such a big difference and Mm -hmm. I know that's not something you can completely control but as much as you can just try to make it fun and enjoy it as much as you can but yeah train as much as you can every day and don't be afraid to fail, because because I well I got rejected a couple times in the last couple years, yeah. but well, whatever. You keep going, you keep playing, and and then things turn out better. And look, I might have a really good year upcoming. So, we're don't cheering
2: give up. for you oh. from Instagram oh. and thank you online. <laughs> Speaking of Instagram, <laughs> yeah. the last question of the day is where can people follow you on your social medias?
1: I don't know. Do you want to say it? Because apparently that's my name. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sauce. (laughs) Okay, everyone. His name on Instagram is (laughs) Ken Churro. Literally, a churro, but with Ken.
1: K e n c a u r r o. Ken (laughs) Churro. Do you have Twitter? I do. Same. Ken Churro.
2: Oh, nice. Do you have YouTube? (laughs) I should be your agent. (laughs) You should try.
1: I'm not trying. You should make one. Oh, Vimeo, no, no i actually don't have a tiktok oh.
2: you don't have a tiktok oh yeah, no, no. you should show some like not, i don't know
1: it's, it's never happening i'm not downloading that app
2: <laughs> oh my god well thank you so much for coming on i'm really happy that you came on
1: i'm happy thank you, thank you for having me you
0: well, thanks catch up too Please rate, comment, and subscribe to our podcast. We would love to hear your thoughts and what you would like us to talk about in our future episodes. Thank you guys for listening in. And you can tune in every
2: Wednesday for a new episode. You can play us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or any other platform you use. Also, we have a YouTube channel, Let's Detox,
0: where we post a transcribed version of the episode. Make sure to keep updated by following our social medias on Instagram and Facebook at Let's Detox Official and Twitter at Detox With Us. And always remember, work hard and detox harder.